Thank you so much. Welcome. This next one's called Fixing Broken Windows. Is that correct? It sounds better up close. Hey, one more time. Let's make everyone who's listening to 4 Z right now get a serious case of FOMO. Come on, make some noise. This is Live Delay. Heard on 4 Z 102.1 FM, Z Digital, and nationwide on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Live Delay, a weekly onslaught of live music busting through the silence, recorded in venues around Brisbane by volunteers of community radio station 4ZZZ. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which Live Delay is produced, the Turrbal and Yagara people. We recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This episode of Live Delay was put together with the help of our sponsors, the live music-loving people at Mountain Goat Beer. My name is Scott Mercer, and this is episode 316 of Live Delay. This week we have local Brisbane singer-songwriter Lucy Francesca Dron. Her set you're going to hear in this episode was one of the last live gigs to be hosted at the Bearded Lady in West End before the entire live music sector shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This week we have an interview with Drawn that'll be sprinkled throughout the set, so here she is now to tell you a little about herself. So Lucy, uh, tell me what was going on musically in your household growing up? What kind of influences were flying around? Yeah, well, I grew up around, my parents were classical musicians, so there was a lot of classical music, like, you know, Bach and all that. But um, also a lot of Radiohead and my brother showed me a lot of songs that like weren't classical music, which was like, yeah, Radiohead and The Strokes and Modest Mouse and like, yeah, a lot of that. So I grew up around that. So that really influenced me, I reckon. That's uh, that's some pretty cool stuff. Was there any daggier stuff as well in your, maybe your parents' record collection or were they very cool classical people? There was like some sting, um, mostly classical though. So was guitar your first instrument? No, I played cello from when I was, like, six. And, yeah, I really liked that. But I just had this, like, gut feeling in me that I needed to, like, stop playing cello and start doing something else. I didn't even, like, know what really it was, but I just wasn't really liking, you know, all the classical music. But, yeah, then my I got a guitar when I was, like, eight, and my brother picked it up for me, but he was playing my guitar, and then he just started teaching me all these, like, random songs and yeah and then guitar sort of I fell in love with it <laughs> but yeah cello was the first one this might be a silly question but was it a full-size cello because aren't they enormous yeah it was well when I was little I don't think it was full-size I think I had like quarter quarter yeah oh, okay so they, they do make smaller ones to play yeah well yeah it yeah it, you can get like quarter size and half size and full size I reckon right I okay so it sounds like you and your brother have always been pretty close musically. Is he older or younger yeah. than you? He's older, yeah. Right. Have you also introduced some uh, cool music to him over the years? Well, hmm. No, he sort of got me into everything and I kind of branched off. I think the only thing, I don't know if he fully got 
into it, but I showed him the voids. But he showed me the strokes, and I got into the voids through the strokes. So I don't know. I showed him that. I've shown him, like, a lot of the local artists that I've sort of met as friends and got him into that, which has been cool. Yeah, like, Jala. She's not local, but, like, Melbourne. Hiatus Coyote. I've told him about them. I don't know how much he's listened to them, but, yeah. Who were some of the other, um, some of the first local artists that you were sort of aware yeah. of in that way? Well, I, I knew Asha Jeffries because I went to music industry college and she was older than me. So, yeah, I, I knew her and Sam, Sad Sam, Sam Geddes, like, were very close. He he sort of brought me into the whole music scene. So, yeah, I knew his music. Um, yeah, like, Sam's doing this whole thing called Real Feels, which it started as just, like, an event that was kind of, like, monthly where he would just get, you know, like, sort of just solo artists that were kind of more unknown and would all get together. But now it's becoming more of a thing. I think he's going to sort of make it eventually, like, a label. I don't know. But all the artists that are sort of in the Real Feels community, I really love, like, Fraser Bell. The performance that you guys aired was at his single launch. Um, I love Hope D, obviously. Yeah, there's lots of local artists. What were some of the first songs that you learned to play? Learned to play? Well, if you know, do you know the microphones at all? No, you know, I don't. Uh, yeah, well, there's this song called Headless Horseman by the microphones. I think that was the first song on guitar that my brother taught me. And um, Teeth Like God's Shine by Modest Mouse. I tried to learn that, <laughs> which was pretty hard. Yeah, those are like the first songs I remember trying to learn through my brother. But um, I learned some stroke songs, whatever happened by the strokes. And then I kind of just branched off and started learning whatever I wanted. In terms of singing, did you um, did you have any sort of uh, mentors or teachers for that? Or did you just kind of find your own voice as you went along? Yeah, well, I kind of found it. I was, singing was always so scary for me, like... It was just, like, a really vulnerable thing to do. So I just sort of, it was literally just, like, there was all this music I loved and I wanted to, I just needed to sing. So I would start singing it, but I didn't really take it seriously. Um, but, yeah, I kind of just found my voice. I think I had I had some lessons when, in, like, grade nine, like a couple. But, yeah, it was more just singing songs that I really enjoyed and covering them in my spare time and stuff. Which, yeah, and now I've, like, formed my own personal relationship with it, like, through my own music. So, yeah, I'm just constantly, I feel like I'm constantly discovering stuff about singing, like, all the time, like, how to improve and stuff. Oh, yeah. What's the, what's the latest little thing you picked up, do you reckon? Well, I've just been discovering, like, okay, this is weird because you shared the performance that I'm about to talk about. But in that performance, I was looking back in it. And I just noticed how kind of flat I would go. But I think that was just because I was getting really into it at that gig because there was a lot of energy. But, like, yeah, now I'm trying to just focus on, like, being really good with pitch and not sort of – I tend to, like, sort of at the end of a phrase, like, go down, like, a few tones and stuff. Like, I'm trying to just sort of end the phrasing on, like, the same note instead of, like, sort of going, eh. Like, sometimes it's effective, but sometimes it's not. That's kind of something I've recently been – trying to perfect <laughs> so the so the pitch yeah. kind of doesn't get lost when you trail off down there 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like sometimes it's all right, and like it sounds cool, but if you do it too much, you just end up sounding out of tune.
This is Lucy Francesca Drawn on Live Delay. So when did you start writing your own songs? I was probably 16. Yeah, I moved to music industry college in grade 11. And I just, it was because of the experiences I started going through at that school. Like I always think, I think I always wanted to like write, but I, I don't know, it didn't really, yeah, it just sort of happened. Yeah, I think I was 16. Was it like part of assessment for the stuff you're doing there? No, it was just like stuff I was going through, like, you know, like love and all that. (laughs) I just felt the need to start writing and it just started happening but, but yeah, I got into performing because of assessments. Like, I had never performed or, like, sung, sang in front of anyone before that, that school, it like, forced me. Because, like, they did, I don't know if it was weekly, maybe, like, monthly um, live performances. So that got me to be comfortable singing in front of people. Do you remember uh, what exactly the, that was like and what, what were you singing at that one? Actually, the very first... One we did, we, like, it was, like, a group thing. And I was, like, I had some of my friends, and I got us all together. We all loved this song, Human Sadness, by Julian Casablanca's in the Voids. And it's, like, an 11-minute song, and it's, like, crazy. And, like, we shouldn't have tried to do it, but we all tried to do it. And, um, yeah, it was that song. We, for, like, a grade 11 assessment, we kind of tried we aimed a bit too high but it went it went well but I remember that was yeah that was the first one we performed and I think some some other ones like the Pixies that did Hey that song Hey um yeah and then sometimes there'd just be original songs alone now just as a sidebar the Strokes have just released a new album have you heard it yet do you have any initial opinions I have brushed through it honestly I love this they're like my all-time favorite like, I liked Ode to the Mets. I think it was the last song. And I liked At the Door. But, um, I don't know, there was nothing that, like, pulled my heart out. <laughs> uh, like, I love their old stuff a lot. I, it, um, I didn't like it as much as their old stuff, but those two songs I really liked. I think they all just started getting, they started going in different musical directions, maybe. Like, because Julian went off into the voids, which I love and it's so different to the strokes though but yeah I think they just started evolving differently and it just started not like I don't know obviously it's everyone's opinion but it just felt like it wasn't uh, working as well as the beginning of the strokes so that's just my opinion but they're my favorite band so <laughs> so back to the music industry college what were some of the the major kind of takeaway lessons you took from your time there well uh there was so many. I don't know. It's such an experience at school. Like, I um, I took away a lot of personal lessons, but um, I don't know. It just taught you how to like, because I went to Kenmore as well, like in just normal public schools and stuff. And like, it, it, there's still communities within it, but it, it's so massive and you get lost in all of it. But at Music Industry College, everyone's there for like the same reason like we're all just creative people and like you wouldn't even I can only say this from my experience but like if people were like bullied there like you just wouldn't that just wouldn't be accepted and it just didn't happen because it was such a family so I think it it just taught me how to like accept everyone and feel accepted and be in an environment 
creative people and everyone could just be whatever they wanted. But I struggled to even feel like that while I was there. But I feel like now that I'm out of it, I can look back at it and see that it was just, yeah, it was a really good place for being a creative person that doesn't necessarily fit in. And there's a lot of business sort of things that I, I vaguely picked up on, like just how the industry works and everything, which you wouldn't learn at like a normal public school. Did you form like musical relationships there that you're you're still maintaining? Like you're still collaborating um, with those people? Um, did I? No, I... Well, I, there's not really musical ones. Like, there's definitely people that I still hang out with, but we're not really writing music and stuff together. There's still definitely friendships. But, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of just doing my own songs with my brother. And, um, well, yeah, Tex Keen, my drummer, he wasn't in my grade or anything. I didn't go to school with him, but he went to music industry college as well. So I met him because I knew he went there. So that's one.
This is Live Delay and you're listening to Lucy Francesca Drawn. Who do you think your your biggest songwriting influences were when you started writing and have they changed in the years since then? Yeah. These are great questions. <laughs> um, when I started, it was totally the strokes. <laughs> Just the way he sings, I don't know, that inspired me vocally. But... I don't know, there's so many, just everything I was listening to, like, and the microphones, like, the strokes did in the way of, like, how I, like, I don't structure my songs like them, but they just sort of made me aware of, like, how a song should be. And then the microphones inspired me because I just had all these epiphanies about, like, how the emotion behind the song really shows to people, like, if you have a strong feeling behind it, it'll be, like, felt. So that inspired me in that sense. Yeah, and classical music, actually, like, with the complexity in the music and stuff, that being important as well. But now, my biggest influence right now, or, like, a a band, an artist that has changed me a lot, is Hayatis Cody, and especially the the front woman, Napalm, like, her solo album as well. Just it's, and but I don't even know if it's because of the music. I feel like it's just the intention in her writing. I don't know, like there's something in it that because I was getting lost, like musically, with where I wanted to go. Like, like I started thinking I had to write simple, like pop songs or something. But then I found her music, and I was like, wow, this is like amazing, and it's changed my life. And it's just weird, and her structures are weird, and I don't have to change my structures and make them more 
accessible because I was going down that path. So, yeah, she's been a massive influence for me, like, in the past year, I reckon. Now, talk to me about your guitar because you have a beautiful jazz master uh, Mm -hmm. that uh, I believe you played in the set we just heard. Um, It's got such a distinctive, like, a really cutting tone. Um, Mm. Where where and when did you get your guitar? What's, What's your relationship with your instrument? Yeah. Well, the tone in that gig was kind of weird. I don't know why. I think the amp was weird. But anyway, yeah, that guitar, actually, I was just, I didn't have a, I had an acoustic guitar, but I really, I always wanted an electric and I wanted a jazz master because of My Bloody Valentine. And so I went to Paddington, the guitar shop or something with my mom, and I found that guitar and I just started playing it. And mom was like, you have a connection with that guitar. And I was like, yes, I do. And so we just got it. And yes, my connection with it is, I don't know, I'm just in love with it. <laughs> it's just a great guitar. I love everything about it. It's like my best friend. And that sounds crazy, but... <laughs> do you use many pedals? Um, Like, I do at gigs, but I don't know much about it. My brother just brings his pedals, and I'll use them. But yeah, not when I'm alone. I just kind of play it. So what what is that musical dynamic like with your brother? Yeah, it's just like... We've like our whole life, we've just connected through music. Like all we talk about is music, and um, the connection musically is just we. I don't. I just play the songs, and he just instantly gets it and can play it back, which I'm so lucky to have because I'm very terrible. I don't know any theory, so I can't like tell him what to play. He just will watch me and he'll do it. And yeah, like we just appreciate each other's music. He writes songs as well, and I'm very keen for him to start getting into the scene when this virus passes. But, um, yeah, it's just a very unspoken connection of just understanding each other's vision, and we've always had that. Do you ever have any creative differences? Like, I think there's differences, but they don't clash at all of anything. They just enhance each other. Like, he's more technical and can sort of see the pattern in songs and all of that and I just purely feel it and it sounds right to me but I can't really understand the like theory and everything but he has both he has like the the feeling and the theory side so that's the kind of only difference is that we kind of approach it differently but also similarly in a similar way as well but yeah nothing that clashes it'll work Take it from
to Lucy Francesca Drawn on Live Delay. You also did a, a mentoring program with Sahara Beck a while ago. What was that like? What did you learn from her? Yeah, that was cool. That was, yeah, we recorded the song Disillusion. It was kind of intense because I never had brought anyone into my songs because the, the mentoring thing was sort of, they would come and add things to it or change things. And I remember I came in with a song at first that I wanted to do. And, like, we decided to change all this stuff. And then I freaked out and I didn't want to, I don't know. But it was good because she added all these harmonies. It was mostly just cool getting to know her as a person and getting the song recorded and hearing all her stories. She seems like a like a real genius in terms of arranging yeah. things and putting stuff everywhere. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. She definitely knows how to like write like perfect songs. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, so your latest release is the Questions single, which has come out recently. Well, what have you been doing at the moment through the the current pandemic lockdown in terms of music? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like I'm more focusing on making a route oh, in terms of music. I'm not really actually doing much in terms of music. If anything, I, I'm just practicing. I'm doing less than I normally do. I feel like I tend to delve into music when I'm like 
when I shouldn't be, like when I don't have, I don't, I don't know how to word it, but um, I've just sort of been practicing, I guess, and trying to get my technique right. But um, yeah, I haven't been writing that much. Sure. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of going through it in their own yeah, ways, true. in whatever works for them. So, um, uh, have you got any more recordings in the can? Yeah, I'm going to be recording in a few weeks an EP, and I'll release some singles towards that. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to do that. What's the new material uh, sounding like? How's it different from um, the, the first EP, Eloquium? Oh, Eloquium. Uh, it's different. This one is going to be more live-sounding. Like, I feel like Questions was a sort of transition from Eloquium, like, because I wrote that song at the same the same time that I wrote Eloquium. And Questions is more, like, produced and, like, has different layers of guitars and all that. But this EP is going to be different. It's going to be just, like, completely sort of live-sounding. Yeah, I feel like it's just going to be more raw, less effect. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Lucy, thank you so much uh, for talking to us on Live Delay, and thanks for um, giving us your wonderful yeah. set. Thanks so much. This has been great. <laughs>
That was Lucy Francesca Dron, recorded by Nell Forster at the Bearded Lady in West End on the 14th of March 2020 and mixed by Jack B. Jones. The songs played were What Is Next, In This Time, Venus Lake, Take It From Me, and Liquid Numbing Pain. This episode was produced by Radio 4 Z in Brisbane. Live delay airs throughout South East Queensland on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM, online at ZDigital and across Australia via the Community Radio Network. To keep up to date with Live Delay, check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or visit our website at livedelay.com to hear past episodes and sign up to our email newsletter. I'm Scott Mercer and that's the program for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Take care of yourselves and others and don't forget to wash your hands. You've been listening to Live Delay. Live Delay is put together with the support from our sponsors, the live music-loving folks at Mountain Goat Beer.
Thank you.